Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Jolly Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Barrett. This podcast is for those who are interested in the conversation around diversity, inclusion, and equity. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest who has something special to share or is actively part of building solutions in this space. Let's get started. Steve Bucci has been helping people decode and master personal credit and debt issues for the last 20 years. He's the author of the popular books, Credit Repair Kit for Dummies, 5th Edition, Barnes & Noble Debt Management, Credit Management Kit for Dummies, co-author of Managing Your Money All-in-One for Dummies, and Debt Repair Kit for Dummies in Australia. For more than a decade, he's authored a popular weekly personal finance column for the financial megasite Bankrate.com. He also writes a weekly column on credit scoring that appears on CreditCards.com. He's a personal credit coach, speaker, expert witness in identity theft and credit scoring related cases. And he began his career in counseling at the Yale Psychiatric Institute before switching to business careers in management consulting, and then finance, developing and bringing to market both publicly and privately traded investment products. He also was president of several nationally and internationally respected nonprofit organizations dedicated to helping the consumer wisely use credit. And those include Consumer Credit Counseling Service of Rhode Island, Consumer Credit Counseling Service of Southern New England, and the Money Management International Financial Education Foundation. And I could go on and on, um, but I will shift over uh, as well to talk about Rod Griffin. He is the Senior Director of Consumer Education and Advocacy for Experian. He's responsible for Experian's National Consumer Education Programs and Outreach. Rod serves as an expert spokesperson on consumer issues, particularly credit reporting, credit scoring, and identity theft, and is frequently quoted by national television, print, radio, and online media. And for more than two decades, he and his team have published Ask Experian, the industry's first online consumer credit advice column. He was named 2016 Educator of the Year by the Institute for Financial Literacy. He's co-author for the Credit Repair Kit for Dummies, 5th edition from Wiley Publishing, 
And I could go on and on about Rod as well. I had the absolute pleasure of connecting with them, uh, being asked by Steve to co-author the Credit Repair Kit for Dummies, 5th edition. So this week, I have the pleasure of having both Rod Griffin and Steve Bucci join me to talk about money management, credit repair, credit scoring, Um, I'm sure you won't be disappointed. All right. So this week, I am so excited to be joined by some phenomenal experts in the field. Many of you know that I spent a lifetime in the financial services and fintech industries, and I've had the the pleasure, extreme pleasure of meeting wonderful people um, on that journey. So these are two of those wonderful people. Uh, Steve Bucci and Rod Griffin. And I will speak for Rod and just say that we were blessed uh, to be asked to contribute to the fifth edition of the Credit Repair Kit for Dummies, uh, originally hailed by Steve Bucci himself. And it was, for me anyway, I'm sure Rod can jump in here, but for me, it was an awesome experience to learn what it takes to actually become an author and be an author. Um, And, you know, we hope that it continues to be a gift that just keeps on giving. So I do want to just give a shout out to our publisher, Wiley, and the Four Dummies brand that bring you the do-it-yourself aspects of critical content by experienced professionals. Um, And I want to give a shout out to John Hope Bryant, the founder and CEO of Operation Hope. Uh, And I know he's doing wonderful things in this world. And we just appreciate him and his team helping us and providing the foreword to the book, Credit Repair Kit for Dummies. So first of all, um, I just want to welcome you both to the Jolly Podcast and Thank you for all that you all are doing in the world to help improve the financial lives of others. Um, So uh, I'm going to just start with Steve uh, because, you know, he's the one that kind of started this whole thing in the first place. And maybe you can just talk a little bit about why you wanted to write this book. Thank you, Melissa and Rod. Good to see you. Uh, Why write this book? Because no one else had done it. There has been a lot of writing on personal finance, on pieces of credit, on different aspects, but no one book really tied, I think, it all together. And when Wiley contacted me, good Lord, back in around 20 years ago, to come out with the first edition, uh, it was a real opportunity to try and help people understand how they fit into the entire picture and not just look at the elephant one piece at a time. Yeah. Yeah. My, my background, uh, I started in counseling, then moved into investments, then moved into nonprofit credit counseling and working with people wh- who were in financial issues. And tying them all together, I could see the, the difficulty people had that it just wasn't there. Yeah. In the investment world, you can't sell investments to people unless they're suitable. In the credit world, suitability. Uh, it varies. It varies by who you're getting your credit from. And some of them aren't really looking for suitable. They're looking for, you know, can I make some money on this guy? And that's all they care about. So understanding how credit works, how it fits into all of your finances, how your entire really successful life in America relies on your ability 
to manage your credit, to manage your debts, to keep your goals in mind when you're making transactions uh, is essential. Without that, you're going to be lost and you're going to be doing what someone else wants, not what you want. And that's the whole purpose of the book is to put the, the reader back into control of all their financial aspects in one particular one particular capsule. We call it credit repair kit for dummies. It's more than credit repair, but it is the essential piece in your finances. And it's not necessarily for dummies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've met yeah. a lot of experts who are, yeah, expertise is overrated because it tends to be one slice. And I, I have people who are experts in medicine, people who are experts in accounting, uh, people who are experts in building houses. But boy, they don't know anything. Yeah. about financial stuff and it's, yeah it's it's not to be ashamed of it's to be expected absolutely i mean well where would you learn i mean the, in america there's not a whole lot of schools that actually take on that component of teaching financial education in the school so no and especially when you get to the point where you're in higher education uh, a lot of you you could make the case that a lot of institutions of higher education are complicit and yeah. in, in not informing you of what's really going on. Otherwise, you wouldn't be spending $100,000, $200,000 for degrees that you can't afford to pay for. You right. might do something else for a while until you figure out what you really want to do. Well, so yeah. you gotta be, be careful who you ask for advice. And of course, <laughs> dummies, you can always ask for advice. <laughs> well, and Rod, you're doing so many wonderful things uh, in terms of, you know, Experian and and your specific role as senior director of consumer education and advocacy um, makes you so perfect to kind of bring that knowledge into play. Why did you want to get involved with the, with the credit repair kit for dummies? Because I got involved because Steve kept asking me until I, uh, he wore me out. No, <laughs> no, I've known Steve for a long time and, and, it was something that, as you said, it, it it's an opportunity to help people. And I've been fortunate. I've been with Experian 25 years, and my role has always been about helping people. I'm not tasked with selling, selling things. My job is to help educate people, help people, as, and, and as Steve said, to really take control of their credit history, their credit scores, understand how to use them as a financial tool so that they're not being taken advantage of. Uh, you know, I always tell people that you should be able to walk into a lender, know exactly what they're going to see and be able to tell them, you're going to give me a loan. I know what the rates are going to be because I know exactly what you're going to look at and what your decision has to be. And that's empowering. It helps people get the finances they need, access to lower cost credit and other financial tools. It helps make their lives better. And that's what Credit Repair Kit for Dummies is all about. It's about, it's not about credit repair. And, you know, I've had people in my industry say, how, how can you, you know, have a book that's called credit repair? And it's just not credit repair. It's exactly the opposite. It's about empowering people to not need to, to rely on something for a quick fix. It's about giving people the ability and the knowledge they need to own and, and care for and utilize credit to their advantage so that they don't have to dig themselves out of, of financial difficulty uh, or to help them do that exact thing to get out of financial difficulty 
put their credit in a place that it's there to work for them. Uh, and that's what we really want is, is to help people engage and have the knowledge they need. And that's what Steve did for so long. That's why it's such a, an honor to be working with you, Melissa, and to be part of this group. It's the smartest people I know in the field. Um, so I'm yeah. lucky to be there. I'm the, I'm the dummy in the group probably. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so, so I think what, you know, and it, it, for me personally, uh, aside from Steve calling me, like he called you, um, it, you know, what, <laughs> what was, what was fun for me? Cause I was like, you know, I've never written a book before. Um, you know, I don't know why you even thought to call me. Um, but I think what was so exciting for me, uh, having come from, you know, a fintech background, working in financial services for so long. Steve and I knew each other from when he was uh, president of one of the credit counseling agencies. And um, I think at the time I was, maybe when we met, I was probably doing a lot of work on the bankruptcy side. Um, and a, lo a lot of what we were doing was really trying to understand why people were filing bankruptcy um, and what is it that we could do to help people so that, mm -hmm. you know, bankruptcy could be the last option instead of, you know, kind of the first resort. Um, and so, you know, we we kind of stayed in touch over the years and, um, you know, Steve would would check in. And what was fun for me is just being able to look at financial education and the credit repair kit for dummies as not only a book for, you know, like repairing, you know, like I'm in a, I'm in a problem and now I need to get out. But I mean, the practical aspects of learning how to create a budget, what does that look like? Um, I, you know, just had identity theft, you know, perpetrated against me. What do I do? Who do I call? I mean, it, it's like some real practical information um, where you, you don't necessarily have to read the book beginning to end, but you can also pick it up when you have an issue and just go right to the area that you need to deal with right now, which is awesome. Um, and then obviously, because there's such a wealth gap in uh, when we think about, you know, by ethnicity, mm -hmm. um, you know, the opportunity for me to have a voice in, you know, how did consumer credit expand in the first place? And why do we even have these Fair Credit Reporting Act rules? Um, you know, and I think it's it's something that people don't necessarily understand that credit reporting is really about making sure you have access to know how people are making decisions about you, um, which, you know, and and to be able to correct it right when when it's wrong. Um, so anyway, for me, I, it was just a great experience. So I just appreciate Steve for his foresight in, in uh, asking us to join. So it has truly been a pleasure, Rod, working with you as well. Um, so let's talk about like some of the, you know, some of the highlights in terms of, and I don't know, Steve or Rod, you guys just jump in here. Um, you know, are there tips, challenges um, that, you know, kind of resonate for you in the book or, or even in your life? 
Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start at the beginning. And it's knowing what you want to do. It's understanding where you want to get to and then figuring out how you're going to get there. Uh, if you wake up every morning and don't know what you're going to do, you're going to do what someone else wants. Chances are. When you go to the store, if you don't have a list, you're going to buy whatever is on sale or whatever they want you to buy. Candy is down low at, at the checkout counter for a reason. That's where the little guys are. They see it. They go, oh, I need this. I need this. It, it, it's all out there. If, you, if you're not programming your own life, someone else will do it for you. And it starts with goal setting. And we start with that in the book, that goal setting is the key to everything, understanding how you see your future. What are your dreams? And once you have dreams and you write them down or you post them somewhere, now it's a matter of how do you get the steps in place to get you so that you can get to those dreams. And that is what financial success is about. Living your life to the fullest, enjoying what you're doing, and then building so that you can have security and that you can realize the dreams that you and your partner, if you're lucky enough to have one, and your kids have as you go forward in life. Uh, we couldn't put that on the title. <laughs> and we, we once tried uh, the same book, but if you want backwards, and we called it Credit Management Kit for Dummies. This was for people to manage their credit successfully. Nobody bought the book. <laughs> nobody will pay a nickel to well, stay good. It's an ever-evolving thing, right? Everyone will pay to get out of a, out of a nickel, <laughs> but no one will pay to avoid getting into it in the first place. So, yeah. so we have the credit repair kit, but it's, it all starts with goals. If you, if you don't know what your goals are, uh, you're going to get lost. And setting the goals is probably the most important thing. Everything else falls into that. Your credit score will help you realize your goals, your credit reporting, uh, the, way you, the way that you keep track of your money, your budgeting, uh, et cetera. It, it all rolls together once you start your goal setting. Yeah. yeah. And I think for me, it was – all of that, plus the opportunity to really present people with fact as opposed to myth. And there's so much of that out there today, especially around you know, my world where I'm working with credit reports and scores every day, fraud and identity theft every day, that there is so much out there when you're on social media in particular that sounds great, but will actually cause you to have more problems and put you in a worse place than you would have if you had had the facts. And so really being able to separate fact from fiction and to give people the information they need in a book that, Melissa, like you said, it's, it's very, it's not a read cover to cover. As you said, it's, I have an issue. What do I need to do? Then you can go right to that piece or I have a question. Where do I get the answer? And you find that section, you can get the, the answer you need so that you can make the right decisions uh, or know that you need to ask more questions. And that to me is, is really critical because I spend my days hearing really, very strange things about what people think is affecting credit reports and scores and explaining that that's not the case and people looking for a quick fix, which you know usually ends up in more disaster. So mm. that's what was really motivating for me was that we get to share information that can empower people that's accurate and that gives them control. And I think that's, that's the most important thing we can do. Yeah. Let me build on that just a second, because why people say, well, why can't I just Google it and get the answer? 
I mean, why do I need a piece of paper? God, this thing's old. I mean, it's almost a year old now. It must be out of date. Why, why don't I just go online and, and get all the answers I need online? And I'll answer the question myself, because you can't believe what you get online. There are people out there, surprise, surprise, who take advantage of you. There are Wait. people out there who have an agenda. There are people out there who just don't know what they're doing, and they're glad to share right. it with you. And you so can everything on the internet isn't true? You know, oh, unfortunately Wiley, not. Wiley has, been <laughs> no. Wiley has been publishing dummy books for decades. They have a reputation. They have experience. They go after people that know what they're talking about. They put it in the book. The three of us got together because we wanted to educate folks. You got the credit counseling piece. You got the visa piece and the piece from, from Experian and the credit reporting. You put those all together, and that's a powerful group of experts that you can find in one place, and you can rely on the information. Yeah, anybody who thinks they can get educated on the Internet uh, on their own, good luck. Well, I think what the part that I also like, though, is the fact that, you know, Rod talks a lot about the credit report. And there are things in there that people think they have to pay for when they can just do it themselves. I mean, even like, you know, if there's a dispute on your credit report, like you should you don't have to pay someone to fix that. You know what I mean? It's like and now it's easier than ever um, to actually engage with your own information um, so I love the fact that we also kind of pull out that there are things that you can do. You don't have to pay for them. You can do them yourself. Um, and they're not hard, you know, it, but mm -hmm. people are making lots of money by saying, you know, I'll write a letter every week till you something falls off, you know, or whatever. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, if you hire the wrong person, you'll be in worse shape than when you started. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's free. It's with, with from the credit reporting for, side of things and and i always reference the federal trade commission instead of what i would tell you and the federal trade commission has said there's nothing that you cannot do yourself for free that a credit repair for-profit credit repair firm particularly those that aren't operating above board which there are sadly a lot of will charge you to do so you can do it for free and and we I will say this about our industry, about the credit reporting industry. We've done a very poor job of being human. And, you know, I think that's a challenge. There's 7,000 people that work for Experian. We're, and we're all in the same system. And we all have to do exactly the same thing. I was a victim of fraud. I had to do the same process that anyone else would. Um, you know, so we're not just machines and computers and big buildings. And, you know, I've told our leadership that, that, that we need to do a better job of helping people know that we're really our people too and that we do care about what's there because one, we want it to be right. We want to do, do well. And two, because my information's in that system too. And so we have a responsibility to make sure that we're doing the right things and getting the right information to people. And, and we need to do a better job of that. Yeah. So in terms of like the, the, the system itself, the credit system, mm -hmm. um, you know, what do you guys, uh, I know this is a loaded question, but <laughs> I mean, what do you think about the system itself, uh, how it works today, some of the changes that are being made, um, you know, how are they benefiting people overall? The, the, you have to understand the system, not to understand, but it helps to know what the system used to be like. 
to say, is this system a good system or not? Yeah. And the system we had before the system was horrible. Yeah. Well, that was that was like when when my dad would walk in and they'd be like, I'm sorry, please exit. Right. Yes. yes. <laughs> so oh, there's a lady with a tattoo. She can't get alone. I'm sorry. Bring your husband back, honey. Then we'll right. talk. Yeah. Right. It's gone. Yeah. So, I mean, we are we are worlds away from where we were before. Is it perfect? No. Is it a lot better? Yes. And the more a person understands the system, the better it is their chances of negotiating it successfully. But I mean, think about it. Now you have a lot of, especially young people, they may not even have a bank account or a, you know, a checking or a savings account. They might have, they might get paid on a prepaid card or, you know, whatever. Yes. So That's there's true. lots of different tools now that weren't around as well. Yeah. And that's something that we will need to do in another edition because there are things that are changing all the time and even in the last couple of years. So I think we mentioned Experian Boost in the book. Um, mm -hmm. At Experian, we're looking at exactly those things, Melissa. It's about how do we use information that will help people who aren't part of the credit reporting system. So we know there are about 26 million people who are credit invisible, not because they've done anything wrong, but because they simply haven't had access to traditional credit tools. So at Experian, we've looked at cell phone payments and utility payments, um, streaming services. So you can, you can watch Netflix on date night and get credit score points for it. So now, so, um, and now as of last week, it's brand new, you can have your rent reported. So your positive rent payments. So things like that are happening in the system for that very reason. We can help people gain access to this, to a, a the tra kind of traditional credit reporting system, because that is the, a key, if not the key, to greater financial health and greater financial success. When you have a credit report, it brings you into the lower cost, more advantageous financial system and can help break cycles like credit repair um, schemes that are not helping people or um, predatory lending like payday loans or title loans or those sorts of things. So you know, the system, as Steve said, it's vastly better than it was. It's vastly better than it was when I started 25 years ago. Um, you know, we're we're much more focused on how do we empower individuals mm -hmm. and consumers. You know, 30 years ago, it was about how do we help a bank determine whether it's solely about can a bank make a loan? Right. And, and, and how do now, we make sure they don't have uh, high charge-offs, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's, you know, our, at Experian, our, our sort of our philosophy is we want to be thought of as the Consumers Bureau because people are being empowered and we want to be part of that. And we want to be the connection, not a barrier to financial success. So how do we help people connect with lenders? Because lenders want to connect with people. And so we want to be the, the, the conduit for that. And, and we want to help empower people because we're finding that that's really good for our business. And that's, that's a, you know, a, a very powerful motivator. Yeah. That, that, and I think, oh, go ahead, Steve. Yep. That, that, that's a great point of view to have, if you can get that across to people is that it's not about the lenders and it, it, it's about the people using financial tools to have a much better life for themselves. I mean, the young person who doesn't have a bank account, who just uses the debit card or, or gets their, their paycheck downloaded onto, onto some other device, 
they say, well, what do I need a bank for? Well, if you've got those goals out there and you say, one day I want to buy a car that I can't pay cash for, or I want to buy a house, or you know, I want to do a number of other things that require financing, that's what you need it for. And banks, well, banks don't like me. Well, they do. They like you a lot. If you give them you know, reason to, and they want to do business with you, but consumers are the driver. It's not the other way around like it used to be. Yeah. And consumers can see credit bureaus as their ticket. The credit bureau is working for them. Credit bureau is accumulating their information so they can present themselves and save some money and realize their goals and have a really, really successful financial life. That, that is the way I'm hoping people will start to look at this stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's that's really interesting because you're really talking about when you start talking about goal setting, it's like your intentions around what you want to do will guide you in what you need to do. Even when you think about your credit report or, you know, your financial health. Um, And there's so many people, you know, I know there are studies out there. I won't quote any right now, but. There are so many studies where, you know, more than, you know, I think it's like, I don't know, somewhere in the 80% of people, I think, that don't consider themselves financially healthy. Um, And I will look up that number and put it in the, (laughs) put it in the, in the, in the uh, description. But I mean, that's a lot of folks that are not feeling like they're financially healthy, which also then impacts their physical health, their mental health. Um, and so to me, it's, it's, you know, such an opportunity for us to focus on financial education. And, you know, as you say, to really empower people to, and give them permission to dream. Um, Cause I think that's key. I think, especially, you know, like when I think about people of color, there are a lot of, there's so much trauma out there that a lot of times it's hard to dream about you know, buying a house when, you know, you're trying to put food on the table, you know, or whatever. Um, And so I think, you know, especially when we think about marginalized communities, underrepresented, um, just being able to help people realize and inspire um, that there is a pathway that they can get there. And, you know, they can get that 800 credit score, be in the 800 club, right? Um, And so, you know, talking to folks like you give us the opportunity to really spread the word on how you can do that. Yeah. And just to, as an example of that, I was on, a, on another podcast a couple of weeks ago with an organization that brings nurses into the country who are, who are immigrants because there's such a need in that field. And they had one of the, the people that they brought here and he has been in the country for four years didn't have any financial relationships when he got here. He has an 800 plus credit score. He bought a house. His income is his savings. He's done all of the things that you talk about. And that's, and he said you know, that, that where he's from, there was no tool that lets you do that. But here you could establish credit, his credit score. He saw as a, a way to give him an advantage and, you know, not having some of the, sort of the background that a lot of us have around credit reports and scores and and seeing it as a as a you know a barrier he came here was introduced to it and saw it as an opportunity and a tool that would help him get where he needed to be and he's been very very successful I must yeah. say 
Um, but kind of a different mindset, right? And, and as you said, it he had dreams and he he used the tools that were available to him to, to achieve those dreams and didn't start from that mental sort of position of feeling like he was trapped because he didn't know about the system and was able to approach it differently. So right. you know, sometimes that knowledge is really helpful and powerful. Good point. Anybody who feels trapped yeah. doesn't have to be trapped. Right. Uh, there are ways that they can change their lives, quite literally. Uh, I mean, you talked about those people who are financially, how did you put it, Melissa? Healthy. Finan okay. Not financially not healthy. Not financially healthy. Mm -hmm. they, they are not happy being not financially healthy. They wish they were healthy. Well, you can do more than wish. You can make it happen. It is not hard. You just need the right information. You need the tools to build on, and you can be happy, and you can yeah. be financially sound, and, and it's, it's there. Uh, understanding where to get it, making sure you get the right information. Uh, I had a lady who called me. She was from Houston. Uh, she had a good salary, good job, wanted to buy a house, couldn't. Crappy credit rating. Can we say crappy? Crappy credit rating. And we started with, you know, doing a budget, you know, where you're spending your money, what's going on, why is your credit so bad? And it turns out she was fine. The boyfriend was not. Mm. She said, well, they're like that. No, I said, no, they're not like that. I said, you make enough money. The bills aren't being paid because he's making more. He's not paying his. You're on stuff joint. I said, he's got to go. I said, you know, he's, he's just, you cannot do what you want to do carrying this weight. And she thought about it. She got rid of the boyfriend and she started paying her bills and her credit score went up. And I think six months later, she bought a house. Nice. Hallelujah. You know, yeah. Yeah. it can be done. Right. Sometimes you got to get rid of the dead weight, right? That's right. And you got to stop doing things maybe you've been doing and yeah. do what makes sense for you. Yeah. And you get, and get the right advice. And, you know, so you talk about people calling you. One of my proudest moments was a few months ago, my grandson called me because he graduated from high school. He's going to study and he wanted to know what he should do to build credit. And so I was able to, and like, wow, he knows where I work and what I do. And he asked the right questions. So his aunt told me one day she was, she works at a dentist's office. And she came home and, and proudly announced that she was talking to her dentist about his about credit reports. And I went, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. and we can ask me about molars next, but I don't know. You know where I work, right? So That's awesome. Well, I mean, and and honestly, I think it's just fabulous that people are feeling confident enough to actually talk about, you know, these things. But, you know, to your point, we want them to have the right information. Um, and so like things, I think we were talking about buy now, pay later. We have, I mean, that's become kind of a really popular thing at the point of sale. You go in and they let you buy it now and you can figure out how to pay for it uh, later. Um, but, you know, those are popular items, but they, you know, can be challenging as well for a consumer. So how, how does that, how do you see that working from, you know, when you think about consumer reports and, and yeah. things of that nature? It's the wild, wild west right now. 
Um, there, there are a number of companies that provide the service. They all do it a little bit, a little bit differently. Um, from a credit reporting standpoint, we're not all in agreement as to how it should be reported or managed. And so we're, we're trying to figure that out. There's no regulation, there's no consistency. And that creates all sorts of challenges because you might have a, you know, they say for pay it in four. So you get four separate payments. It might be in, you know, one payment a week. It could be one payment every two weeks. It could be, you know, four payments over six months. If it's a bigger kind of purchase, um, the way that they re would report the information, there's discussion of should it be like a revolving account, which is a big industry word for a credit card type. You, know, you could carry the balance. Should it be installment loan? What we've seen, I can tell you from an insider perspective, what we've seen in the research, I was just on our call, we've, we've looked at about 130 million different consumers who have had BNPL and, and looked at what it would do to scores. And in, in thus far, they do not help scores. They make and almost always hurt them, at least initially. And it's largely because they don't fit into the traditional credit reporting system. So, yeah. and the way that things are reported. So, and and so, our initial response experience: we're creating a separate sort of database for BNPL, so that when things catch up, we can incorporate it. But you can still see, uh, you know, what people are doing and the debts that are paid. Um, and being paid and, and or not. Um, the, the thing that we are seeing is that that's frightening to me is something called debt stacking. So, you know, a one pair of shoes that you're paying for with four payments isn't too bad, except shoes can be really expensive. If you have 20 pairs of shoes that you're paying with BNPL, you have a much larger debt. Uh, and we're seeing people who are, if they have one BNPL loan, they have five. And so those little debts add up and, mm. and that can affect your ability to repay other things and they can sneak up on you because it's really easy to do. And that's the concern I have is that people will have not realized that suddenly they're, they have to make payments on a whole bunch of BNPL loans that they hadn't. And it just suddenly realized that, that it, because you can, you can take on BNPL loans at, at four different companies and six different online sales sites in a day. I mean, it just, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. It's, sure. it's crazy. Let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. Let me go to Steve then. Uh, to give us his response. Uh, getting excited, yes. <laughs> the, the BN pay now, you know, buy now, pay later has been around a lot, but it, it, it's on steroids now. You can do it everywhere. But, but And this is the joy of having someone like Rod and someone like you and someone like me together, is you not only get the technical piece from Rod, you know, what does it mean? Uh, should it be reported this way? Should it be reported that way? But from me, you're going to get, you know, does it fit into your goal? Does it fit into your budget? I mean, you've got so much money, and that's all. And you can't spend more. Than, well, you can't spend more than you have, but you're going to have a problem later on. So, if you only have an extra fifty dollars a month or a hundred dollars a month after your basic living expenses and the other things you've got to pay down, and you take on BNP now, BN, the buy now pay later loans, if it's more than that, you're not going to be able to make it. So, you understanding 
that you only have so much money because you've done your budget. You understand that the money you're saving is for goals that you long-term, short-term, mid-term goals that you want to achieve, that you really, really, really want. So do you really want to take to PayPal up and pay for this thing and for installment payments when, when maybe you could just either A, pay it off or B, buy it another time and not have a loan. And so if you're in charge, if you understand what tools you've got to work with, if you understand how it's going to be reported and how it's going to reflect on you in the future, you make the smart choice. You're not driven to it. It's not going to surprise you in the end. And uh, knowing what you can afford, basic, but key. The yeah. rest follows. Yeah. Ports follow. The technical stuff follows. You know, the credit scoring follows. The repairing follows. But it all follows the basic understanding what you, what you want, understanding what you've got to work with, and then understanding how to use the tools. Yeah. And I think that's what's so key is, you know, I mean, there are some resources in the credit repair kit for dummies that they can access through the, the Wiley brand or the, on the website. And, you know, to me, it's like, just start small, right? Like just focus on what your goals are and then figure out what you have. I mean, that is like, and then it's like small pieces of discipline <laughs> where, you know, you just decide to not buy those shoes today and try that more than one time, <laughs> you and, know? And I, and I can't stress how important it is that nothing is too small. Yeah. Well, I can't do this. I don't have any money. I'm, I'm barely baking ends meet. Well, if you're making ends meet, you can do it. You can put a little bit, but it's not enough. I can't. Yes, it is enough. Yeah. You start small. And you will be just astonished at how it will grow and how it will change and how you will soon start to have more than you thought you possibly ever could. Uh, sometimes you may need to take a step back and go mm -hmm. sideways. But again, with the budget, with the, with, with the goals, uh, and with saving, putting that money aside, building, building your nest egg, building your, your emergency savings account. All this stuff is, is basic, but little, 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 tiny little steps are all you need to do to get started, and it will make you successful. Yeah. It's very so. exciting when you when you realize how little you need yeah. to really make it work. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah, I mean, I I saw some pushback. We often hear the, you know, don't put aside one cup of coffee a, a day or a week, and, and I saw some pushback saying that doesn't help you get anywhere, and. You may not see it in initially in in the the payments, but it's also about building a habit. Right. And when you you start there, and that habit starts to build, and it makes it easier to do it for something that's larger. And that's kind of the the mindset shift that's hard to get to. Um, but you know, people will say, "Well, I, you know, I'm not gonna pay off my house if I just don't drink one cup of coffee a day." Well, not directly. But it right. starts that habit and that behavior that's going to help you make bigger changes over time. And Well, and I think that's a great point because, you know, when we talk about mindset, um, you know, there are things, you know, systemic patterns that people pull in from their own families that sometimes they don't even know they have. Right. So a lot of times it does take some real focus on the mindset. For you to break out and go, you know what? I don't have to have the same issues that my parents did, or, or whatever. So, um, those are great points. Great points. Love that. You mentioned and, parents, and I tell personal stories. I love my parents dearly, 
But when you talk about, you know, should you learn about credit from home or finance from home? And I, you know, always told you my parents had differing opinions on credit. My mom thought credit was a gift from God. My dad thought it was evil. And so <laughs> it took me a long time to figure out it's really neither one of those things. It's a tool that's in the, it's in the middle. It's if you use it well, it's a good tool. If not, it could be a problem, but it's either one of those things. Yeah. So, yeah. So you, you think about where you learn about finance and it does influence you and it, yeah. in a lot of ways. Definitely. And sometimes families can be just the opposite. They are, you've got a place. You're not supposed to know about this stuff. You're supposed to listen to me. And if you get too successful, it's a challenge. Uh, they, some folks in your family may be sure. jealous, may not yeah. like it, and they say, well, well it looks, makes me look bad because he's doing so well. Uh, and if you do really well, people may want to piggyback on you for better or for worse. Uh, not that having you know four generations living in the same house is a bad thing. It can be a really good thing and a rich, <laughs> but on the, on the right terms. <laughs> that, that's a head nod to me and my four generations living I'm in the house. Teasing, <laughs> Melissa at this point, but but it is it, it is true. I mean, you talk about this cup of coffee is not going to pay off your mortgage. It's not if you got a mortgage. If you don't have a mortgage and you're in a rental place and you can barely pay the rent, saving a cup of coffee a week can be life and death in the long term. It can keep you in that place. When when a little thing happens, you'll be able to deal with it and it won't be a catastrophe. Because you live close to the edge, it doesn't take much to push you over that edge. That's a cup, right. of coffee, cup of coffee a day, saving that money, moves you back from the edge. Yeah. Gives you ground to stand on. Yeah, absolutely. Quite a bit depending on where you're getting your coffee, <laughs> potentially. That's true. <laughs> These days, coffee can be quite extensive. Yeah, there you go. Yes. <laughs> All Melissa, right. Well, you haven't said much. Come on, Melissa. You got to talk stuff. Oh, oh no, this is like I'm. You know, it's so funny to me because I mean I could talk a lot, a lot, and people hear me a lot. But this is my fabulous opportunity to hear from you all. I can always do a a, a specific podcast that just lets me talk. But this is my chance to hear from you all. So. Um, you know, hopefully people can hear about, you know, not only the passion that I think all of us have really toward helping people everywhere. Um, and, you know, you've even done stuff for, you know, debt in Australia. And I mean, there's so much knowledge that sits here when you talk about how to manage and become financially healthy. I just want to take the opportunity to kind of pick you all's brain. <laughs> well, well I, I don't want to let this end without talking about your favorite topic, which is, of course, inclusion. Yeah. Looking at the credit system, it's too easy to say it's stacked against me. Mm -hmm. you know, give me a loan. And everything is, is yeah, every, everything is, is, is working against me because I'm a minority, because I don't speak English well, because I'm new to this country. And it's just not so yeah people, and i think there are people I, who are like that but yeah is not like that the credit reporting system is not like it is completely blind i rod you should talk about that not me but there there, there is there is none of that in reporting yeah. well yeah i mean i agree to a to a point i mean you know there are still issues that we need to address I mean, we're not perfect and we and access is a huge issue uh, I talked to our folks uh, about the, the element of trust too, 
mm-hmm. because we haven't been uh, you know, visible in communities. And that's really one of the things I'm proud of at Experian is that we're, we are actively looking for ways to help communities who have been excluded from the system through not necessarily any action on our part, but because we, we haven't been proactive. Yeah, um, yeah. So how do we find ways to open that door? How do we find ways to reach people? Because, and Melissa, you touched on it, that culturally, and I have lots of conversations with lots of my colleagues and, and mentors and with our own business people about in a lot of the communities, we trust isn't built through an app. Um Right. You know, we need to have a human connection. Mm-hmm. And that means partners like the two of you. It means working with organizations like Operation Hope. It means working with local community organizations because people have different ways of gathering information. They have different ways of working together um, in different cultural realities. Uh, you know, being in Texas, we see a lot of, of people that um, in, so- in South Texas, there's a, a great distrust of the banking system and yeah. it rooted in good reasons in yeah. the past. Um, but to overcome that, we have to find ways to include that information. So when we work with an organization called Mission Asset Fund and have for a number of years, they create tandas, which are lending circles. So people are able to put money in a pool and they borrow from that pool and then pay it back. And we then coordinate with Credit Builders Alliance and and them to report that information. So how do you, to me, it's an issue of understanding and listening to people and understanding those cultures and the realities and finding ways to tap into those cultures to make our business better and to help include people. Um, You know, we are data driven, so it's, it's objective in that sense. Uh, but helping people gain the trust and to understand that we're human too. You know, I tell people I'm a, I'm a country kid from Kansas. And so you know, knew nothing about credit until I started working at Experian 25 years ago. And I still learn every day. Yeah. And so it's how do we connect with people and how do we have the right partners and how do we have the right relationships to earn the trust and to get the right information to people? Well, and I think it's so interesting, though, because, you know, when you talk about people that don't have the access, we're really talking about the unbanked, what we call the unbanked population. And in some cases, you may be unbanked, meaning you don't have a bank account or, you know, savings or checking account or an affordable one anyway. Um, And and I think what's interesting is when we talk about, you know, credit reporting and how you want to get certain information into the consumer report so that it can work for you. Um, But on the, on the other hand, you have this financial uh, health component where you want to make sure you're not taking on debt, but that you have information in there that gives a lender information about you in the event you want to borrow. And so there's this kind of push pull between, you know, the trust you're talking about is like, why should I give all, you know, my information? Like what's going to happen to my information? And so there's a benefit to having information in there, speaking from, you know, a person of as a person of color, you know, there's a benefit that you can get 
But again, going back to Steve's, what are your financial goals and how do you make sure that it's working for you? Um, and so I think a lot of that just really depends on getting as, you know, getting information out there, the accurate information out there about, you know, how your credit score is created, what's the benefit of it. And, you know, even if you've had some challenges, I mean, now you can actually turn your credit score around fairly quickly. I mean, it's, I'm actually shocked at how, how quickly you can actually turn things around if you just start doing the right things, you know, paying for things on time and, you know, reducing your credit. I mean, I think you guys, the, the consumer reporting agencies have provided a lot more transparency around how the scores are created and made. And I think that's the type of information people need to know so they can make the right decisions um, instead of just loading up on debt, you know, especially like if they're in college, they might get targeted for, you know, different credit cards and this, that, and the other. Um, but you want to make the right decisions for you. Um, so I think, um, I, I think it's awesome. And I know we're running up against time. So I, this, I don't want this to be the last time we chat. Um, hopefully we can come together again. Maybe we can either get a couple of other folks to to join us and really just spend some time talking more about financial education, how to become financially healthy and stay that way. Um, because I think at the end of the day, I know all of our passions are around helping people to live the life they really desire. So last words from you gentlemen. Melissa, thank you so much for having us and, oh, and, and letting us have access to your, your huge audience of, of viewers out there and, and listeners. And hopefully, yeah, as you say, this may get people to ask a question, to take a look at some information, and, and to feel that they can be in charge. Yeah. It's their choice. Yeah. And, and I'll and double down. Go ahead, Rock. So I'm going to double down with the thanks, Melissa, for, for having us in the conversation and uh, you know, get the book, um, you know, and, and I'll, on my part, one of the, the agreements I have with Experian is I can't be paid to do the book. So anything, any, any, whatever they call it, royalties that come yeah. my way are being donated to financial literacy charities, charity. So um, you know, we want to make sure that uh, it's helping people. And That's a great point. There. Yeah. Yeah. And I know my royalties go over to balance. They're a nonprofit. Yep. credit counseling, smart money coaching company as well. So we want to make sure that, you know, we have, um, you know, information out there that's accurate that will help you all. Um, but we want to continue to help others as well. And so we are so grateful for the opportunity to talk to you all. And I just cannot thank you guys enough for joining me for this wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining me on the Jolly Podcast. Please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.